In just a minute, we're going to hear from the Bible. Um, so if you could join me with, join me in prayer, however you feel most comfortable. Gracious Creator, Jesus reminds us that we do not eat by bread alone, but also of your holy word. May you open our hearts and minds to be nourished by your word, and may it aid us to carry our burdens and temptations in life as we wander with the Holy Spirit as our guide. Blessed be your word. Amen. This morning's reading is from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 10, verses 35 through 45. James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came forward to him and said to him, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. And he said to them, What is it you want me to do for you? And they said to him, Grant us to sit, one at your right hand and one at your left, in your glory. But Jesus said to them, you do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink or be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? They replied, we are able. Then Jesus said to them, the cup that I drink, you will drink. And with the baptism with which I am baptized, you will be baptized. But to sit at my right hand or at my left is not mine to grant, but it is for those for whom it has been prepared. When the ten heard this, they began to be angry with James and John. So Jesus called them and said to them, You know that among the Gentiles, those whom they recognize as their rulers lord it over them, and their great ones are tyrants over them, but it is not so among you. But whoever wishes to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wishes to be first among you must be slave of all. For the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. This is the word of the Lord. Before I really get into anything, I want to apologize for showing the movie before reading the book. I feel like a lot of people have a bias saying that the book is always better. And I feel like in this situation that the book has a little bit of a an advantage being the Bible. Um, also big thank you to Garrett for making the uh, pairing the video with the um, the timing with it all and the music it was I think it was really touching. Um, I love this series of artwork for a lot of different reasons. Um, for starters, you get to see Jesus become a little bit bored. I don't think that's something that you really think about when you're thinking about Jesus' 40 days. There's pictures in there of Jesus throwing rocks at other rocks, you know, watching bugs go about their business. You don't really think about how you would spend the time for almost a month and a half. Praying and sleeping can only take up so much time of the day. My first point is Jesus being tempted in the wilderness comes right after his baptism. He's He's dipped in the river of Jordan. And when he comes up, the heavens open and a dove floats down. 
And God's voice comes from the heavens and says, this, this is my son, and I'm delighted in him. Right then we learn God's love for Jesus. And then the Spirit calls Jesus into the wilderness. The testing comes after, right after, everyone, including Jesus, finds out how much God loves him. And the second point is another one that I think is a really big point within this series of art and arguably a more significant reason as to why I like it so much. It is because the same reason that we advocate in, uh, in discipleship and in Sunday school, it's because when Jesus was in the wilderness, he was not tempted by a tall red man with, with pointy horns and a pointy tail. There was no red cape or pitchfork. Instead, did you notice what the tempter, what the devil, what Satan looked like in this series of images? He looked like Jesus. And Jesus was met by the same thing that we are all met by when facing temptation. Ourselves. I mean, truly it would be easy to push our our temptations and our sins off on some stranger that looks evil, right? Rather than internally looking at our temptations and our sins, we push it onto this, this man, this stranger who's tall and red with pointy ears, has a pitchfork and red cape. In the reading, it says that the Spirit calls Jesus into the wilderness to face temptation. Now, I wonder if Jesus knew at his weakest point, when he was so desperate, probably for food, but also companionship, and more probably to go back to his life where he had purpose and passions. I wonder if Jesus knew that only at this point would he know that his faith and his love for God would truly be tested by what the scripture calls the tempter. And the third thing I noticed is that when Jesus was going through these testings, he comes to realize his purpose and his passions. In rejecting the evil, he realizes he will be the one to confront Satan and the evil for all people. This story of Jesus is an example of what we go through with our temptations as we are tempted in our lives, we must first remember God's great love for us, which gives us the confidence to turn and look at ourselves, our temptations within us. It's not easy. But when we do this self-reflection, it can help us form and be sidetracked and stay away from the sidetracks of our passions. And I definitely have had struggles in myself, with myself, with this self-reflection and this, and this restraint. For those who know me, know that I have a deep and true passion for caring for God's phenomenal and beautiful gift of creation. I loved the world outside very, very much. But temptation strikes me, and it steers me away from my passions. 
And I will always, always, always say that convenience is the enemy of sustainability. Now, I say this large accusation, but temptation, it te- uh, convenience is my temptation. It's, it tempts me and it steers me away. And I don't mean that con- convenience is always a bad thing. An example of this, a good example that I've always found is light switches. Light switches can be very inconvenient. And the one that always sticks in my head with this is the one at the chapel at Camp Fowler. I worked there as summer staff. And if you don't know, the chapel is basically just a really large room of a building kind of stretching from where I'm standing to the entrance of the fellowship hall, probably from front door to back door, with the back door facing the woods and the front door facing the camp. And for whatever reason, the light switch is placed all the way in the back of the chapel. So if you're going to leave, you're at the front of the chapel, you have to walk all the way to the back of the chapel, click off the lights, and then walk all the way back to the front of the chapel to leave. Obviously, it would be more convenient and simpler to just leave the lights on and leave the chapel. I'm walking this great distance of 40 feet. And I have found these inconveniences or these conveniences all throughout life because I know that they tempt me and they annoy me. Like using a single-use plastic bag when you're at a grocery store rather than remembering to bring your own. Or driving two minutes down the road rather than walking or biking the five or ten companies making things that are quick and cheap but only having them last about a year before we have to add them to the landfill rather than how they used to be made and I've seen big heavy iron band saws that are made in the 50s that work better today than the things that are being produced truly and honestly I can add to this list all day and I know them all because I have been tempted by them these conveniences and to be honest I've probably taken the convenient route just as often as I've taken the more sustainable route maybe maybe in your life you have similar struggles maybe in your passions that you have similar struggles for example when I'm feeling down or if I'm feeling sad I almost start to sleepwalk through life it could be on my couch, and I'm feeling kind of down and not really up for anything, but then I'm invited out to hang out with a group of friends. But going out and hanging out, that seems like an expansion of effort that I'm just not really willing to make at that moment. But I know that that expansion of effort would aid me in the solution to why I'm feeling so bluesy. It's, when it's, it's, when, it's then when we are called to face those inner demons and realize that when we are tempted too strongly to stay home, to do do nothing, maybe vegging out on the couch and watching Netflix, and turn to those demons, those tempters, those, those red versions of ourselves, and say that this funk that we're in is not an enjoyable place to be, and pursuing solutions would be better. Jesus in the reading turns to his tempter and he says the most perfect comebacks every single time 
Sometimes it's really amazing to hear how much of Scripture, how much of the Holy Word that he has memorized. And he knows his faith so well, and he knows God's love so well, especially after just getting baptized and the heavens breaking open, God saying that I love my son, that he is able to turn to the tempter and say, man shall not eat from bread alone when offered to turn rocks into bread. And then he says, I will not test God's love when he is suffering in a hard time where he's alone and he's hungry. And he says that I will not take rule of all of the kingdoms when all that he's tasting is a, such a desperate desire for companionship and substance. We take this time in Lent, these 40 days of fasting from something, materialistic or otherwise, we take this time to be like Jesus, to remember his 40 days in the wilderness as we stretch through the wilderness of our lives and we look within ourselves. We take this time to remember that God speaks over us, saying, you are my son, you are my daughter, you are my child. I love you and I'm delighted with you. In this time of Lent, we will be tested. We'll be tested throughout our lives, but within this time of Lent, we have that one thing, that, that something, that thing that we have given up, our constant reminder. And the more we hunger for that something in those times of saying, ooh, I'm sorry, I can't. I gave that up for Lent. Or maybe you have that craving and you reject a carrot cake. I don't know what tempts you. And you deny that craving, you remind yourself that you doing it is making room for God in your life. And the more that we remind that God loves us, the more we are able to grow in our faith, the more that we, we will know that God will take care of us in these times of temptation. In those lonely ruts, when we are sleepwalking through life, not wanting to face our inner demons, because genuinely, it sounds hard. But these temptations take shape in these inner demons that prevent us from working hard or distract us from our passions, steer us away from some of God's greatest joys and doing what we love, doing what God put us on this earth to do whatever that may be for you. Because genuinely, oh. <laughs> and maybe it's just making yourself happy. Join with me in prayer. Gracious, eternally, eternally loving God, you have given us the gift of love, both love for our passions love that you have given unto us that we will never, never forget. Please remind us, do not let us forget every single day that you, that you love us. Your love is unending. We pray that, that you follow us with the Holy Spirit, guide us, push us through temptations of, of doing things that make us unhappy, that prevent us from our passions, that distract us from what we truly love. 
In your name we pray. Amen.